0: You are listening to More Than a Song, episode 481. As we get started today, I recognize engaging God's word for yourself can feel daunting. And while our featured song will give us fresh inspiration as to where to study, the episode guide will give you the interaction tools you need to dig in. So grab your episode 481 guide at michellekneesat.com forward slash 481 download. And if you've already subscribed to my email list, this guide is in your inbox, ready to help you discover and meditate on God's word in new ways. Now, I can't imagine many of you are listening to this episode the day it releases. (laughs) I actually hope you are spending your Christmas day making memories with those you love. But true to my habit of featuring Christmas songs during the month of December, I am thrilled to share this one to take us through the end of the year. Generous God by Naomi Rain speaks to an attribute of God that I have been privileged to meditate on in preparation for this episode, and I can't wait for you to join me in scripture. But before we jump in there, let's listen. Generous God, you gave your son for us. Benevolent King, we have assurance. Peace on earth for your sons and daughters. Let the whole world sing, sing in one chorus. Glory. This week's song is a worship response to the generosity of our God to send his son to earth, offering freedom from darkness, offering peace, joy, and love. And in the opening lyrics of the song, Naomi sings, For God so loved the world, he gave his only son. And this comes directly from John 3.16 that reads, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Life. She also sings, All of darkness met the light, it can never chase away, which hearkens to uh, John chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. It says, In him, which is Jesus, was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So it's a Christmas song because of phrases like, One silent night still speaks to us today. And so, first, I want to examine the narratives of the birth of Christ with our antenna up for the generosity of God, and then I want to talk about how we should respond to that. So first, exploring the narratives of the birth of Christ with our antenna up for the generosity of God is taking the bite of following a theme, and it's closely linked to the bite of starting with God because we are going to follow the theme of an attribute of God. So bite is Bible interaction tool exercise, B-I-T-E, and these are the exercises that I use to keep my time in God's word varied and Vibrant, And before we follow this theme, uh, we just need to see if the Bible supports this attribute of God. Is God generous? So let's take the bite of defining the word. So dictionary.com says generous is liberal in giving or sharing. Unselfish, and we've also already quoted a verse that supports this idea, um, and it's found in our inspiration song, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, we've spent a good deal of time in First John this year. And I think of First John chapter 3, verse 1, when it says, See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And, and I love the way the NIV puts it. It says, See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. So God's love is lavished on us. This is a reflection of, of a generous God. Uh, in Matthew chapter 20, Jesus tells the parable of a generous master of a house who hires workers for the day and pays all the workers a day's wage no matter what time they started working in the day. And so the workers who worked all day, of course, this, this uh, plan seems very unfair to them uh, because they worked all day and got paid the same as um, someone who worked for just uh, the last hour of the day. And the master actually calls it something else. They call it unfair he calls it generous. Matthew chapter 20 verse 15 says, am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So we could go on and on and look for examples to prove that God is generous, but I think, I think I've think i made enough of a case. And so uh, uh, let's talk about these the idea of the attributes of God. So there are attributes of God that belong to God alone. Attributes like omnipotence, which is all powerful and omniscient, which is all knowing. Uh, those are attributes that belong to God alone. We are not all powerful and all knowing. We are limited in our knowledge and in our power. And then there are attributes that He shares shares with His creatures. Uh, so, like we are, we're made in His image, right? And so we share some of His attributes, like love and goodness and kindness and generosity. So we can display these uh, communicable attributes uh, versus incommunicable attributes. So generosity is a communicable attribute. It's an attribute perfect in our perfect God, uh, but one that we can imperfectly display in our own lives. And so while we are fixing our eyes firmly on the generosity of our God, Let's see what we can learn from our generous God and then challenge our own lives to display this attribute. Now, one thing about the attributes of God is that they're true all the time and in combination with each other. So if we say God is a God of love then, and we say that he is generous, then, then we know that he is generous with his love. Okay, As we saw in First John 3, 1, we we'll see what great love the Father has lavished on us. God is a provider, but he is also generous in his provision. Paul says in his letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, Now to him who is able to do far abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Now, following this logic, everything that God did in the story of Christ coming to earth was generous. He does not hold back. He does not violate his purposes, but he's also not selfish, nor does he do anything halfway. So I encourage you to take this episode as a reason or as inspiration to read or reread the narrative of the birth of Christ in both Matthew and Luke. So we're looking at chapters 1 and 2 in Matthew and chapters 1 and 2 of Luke. If you do this, you'll be taking the bite of reading in context. And I'm I'm gonna share a few verses or a few summaries uh, from these chapters, but by reading them in context, then you will know what the Bible actually says. And you'll avoid taking any of the ideas or verses out of context. Especially with something as familiar as the Christmas story. um, There's a lot of things that can add confusion to what is in there and what isn't in there. So when you read it for yourself, you will know what it says. And you'll avoid taking things out of context. Now you might consider also taking the bite of reading the text aloud. And this is really helpful when it comes to reading passages of scripture, as I said, that may be more familiar to you. Um, and so it helps you slow down. You are listening to the text, you're hearing yourself say it, and you are reading the words for yourself. You might also consider taking the bite of making a list. So as you read through these four chapters, make a list of aspects of the story that reflect the generosity of God. I'm going to give you a few to get started. I'm not going to give you every example. And you may see something that I missed even if I tried to give you every example. And so uh, read with a pen in hand so you can make a list. So let's start in Matthew chapter 1. When you begin reading uh, in Matthew chapter 1, you will see that Matthew leads off with the genealogy of Christ from Abraham. Now, this is a reflection of the faithfulness of God to keep his covenant. Um, a covenant making and keeping God is a generous God. God's willingness to make a covenant with Abraham reflects his generosity. So let's follow the cross reference um, to Genesis chapter 17. We'll read this in verses one through seven. When Abraham, I'm sorry, when Abram was 99 years old, the Lord appeared to him and said, I am God almighty. Walk before me and be blameless that I may make my covenant between me and you and may multiply you greatly. Then Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham, for I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and to your offspring after you so the the covenant was generous and the fulfilling of the covenant was generous and so we see that Jesus is the fulfillment of this generous, covenant, and we see that just in a, in a list of names, a genealogy that, you, that you're reading in Matthew chapter 1. It's also generous of God to include women in the text of Scripture reflecting the family tree of Jesus. Uh, this was not a common practice in the day that this was written, but the Bible is God's inspired word, and he generously included women for his generous purposes in the genealogy of Christ. Uh, God was generous toward Mary to provide direction through the angel. When Joseph wanted to divorce her for being pregnant outside of the covenant of their marriage, Matthew 1.19 says, And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. And then, then jumps in the generosity of God in verses 20 and 21. But as he, Joseph, considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So how generous that God would um, uh, provide covering for Mary and also provide comfort for Joseph and understanding. And then how generous uh, what, what the promise is. The name Jesus is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua, which means God is salvation. And so even in his earthly name, we see the generous purposes of God to save his people from their sins. And we read just two more verses to in in verse twenty two and twenty three. It says, "All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us." So let's take the bite of considering the opposite. One name for Jesus is Emmanuel, God, uh, God with us. So what's the opposite of being with us? Well, there's this aspect of proximity. And so the opposite of with in this context would mean that God is away from or separate from us. Uh, There was a distance between us and God before Christ came to earth. And God seemed out of reach and probably sometimes out of touch. But through his generosity, he came to earth to be with us. Hebrews says this of Jesus in chapter two, verse 17. It says, therefore, he, Jesus, had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. He wasn't just among us. He was with us. Uh, He was made like us, minus the sin part. And he identifies with us how generous of a God who exists outside of time to be bound by time and humanity to connect with his creation and pay for our sins. Um, I think of the generosity of God when I keep reading in Matthew chapter 2 about the wise men from the East. You know, God's generously provided his prophetic word, revealing himself and his plans in a way that could be discovered by wise men. And then but then, then God provided a light to guide the way to an actual physical destination. Uh, what else will you see when you look for God's generosity in the narrative of Christ's birth found in Matthew? So let's go ahead. You're going to find more. So I encourage you to do it for yourself. Let's head over to Luke. You can't get past the introduction before you see the generosity of God in the account that he used Luke to record. You know, Luke assembled um, all of the book of Luke for Theophilus first. Um, That was the first kind of reader of this. Uh, God, of course, preserved all of these words for us and included them in the canon of Scripture. But Luke 1.4 says that you may have certainty concerning the things you've been taught. So Luke recorded all of these things, including the narrative of Christ, um, because our generous God wants us to have certainty. Concerning our faith. And of course, the birth of Christ is a part of all that. But as we jump into Luke, we see the entire encounter between Mary and Gabriel as a reflection of our generous God. He was so patient to answer her questions and give her reassurances, including letting her kind of experience it all alongside her cousin Elizabeth. And God's generosity is reflected in his favor that he bestows upon us. You know, we remember we talked about um, generosity being unselfish. And to give away favor is a selfless act uh consider the words of mary uh she gets she totally gets it in luke chapter 1 verse 46 mary said my soul magnifies the lord and my spirit rejoices in god my savior for he has looked on the humble estate of his servant for behold from now on generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name uh i took the bite of reading it in, in a different translation the christian standard bible the csb says um that he has looked with favor on the humble condition of his servant. You know, God has looked with favor on Mary. He's generous. The mighty one has done great things for me. Generous. Um, the birth of John to Elizabeth and Zechariah is a huge example of God's generosity. And it was evident to everyone around them, too. In, in Luke 1, it says, Now the time came for Elizabeth to give birth, and she bore a son. And her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her, and they rejoiced with her. God is generous with his mercy. And in the life of Elizabeth and Zechariah, it showed. It showed in through this birth story of John. How generous was God to the shepherds to let them be the first outside of the immediate family to see and worship the newborn king? God was generous to Simeon and Anna to allow them to see the baby Jesus after living lives of righteous devotion to God and, and um, prayerful, faithful expectation that he would come. And so there's just so much more to uncover. I hope that you have a wonderful time uncovering the generosity of God in the birth story of Jesus. But I'd like to move on to another way that our song has inspired me. In the chorus I played at the top of this episode, it says, let the whole world sing in one chorus gloria. Praise is the proper response to experiencing our generous God. Gloria, of course, is Latin, meaning glory be to God on high or glory to God in the highest. And glory is fame and renown, praise and honor. And we know that the angels praised God. In Luke chapter 2, it says, And suddenly there was with the angels a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he's pleased. We saw praise in response to, to God's favor too. Remember when she said, my soul magnifies the Lord. And did you hear how the people joined Elizabeth and Zechariah in response to God's generosity? I read it in verse 58 of Luke chapter one, her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had shown great mercy to her and they rejoiced with her. They rejoiced with her. Well, how did she rejoice? Uh, Back in Luke one twenty five, she says, The Lord's done this for me. He's looked with favor in these days to take away my disgrace among the people. So Elizabeth gave glory to God for his favor, for his generosity. And then when the baby was born, the people joined her in giving glory to God. Unified praise to our generous God is the appropriate response. And I'm thankful for this song in the context of Christmas. Uh, I would never have said, no, Christmas is not a good representation of God's generosity. But it's not a common name or a characteristic that we rehearse at Christmas. I mean, you don't hear a lot of the word generous or benevolent in Christmas songs, uh, because, you know, we we rehearse different names for, for God and for Christ uh, around Christmas time, like we did last episode, Wonderful Counselor, uh, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Surely we're going to point out Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, we even go so far as to talk about Jesus as the greatest gift of all, But for it to be the greatest gift, for Christ to be the greatest gift, the giver must be the most generous. And that is true of our generous God. So my next challenge for you is in light of all you've been uh, regarding or seeing or reading and making note of the generosity of God at the time of the birth of Christ, how can you look more like your generous God? How are you... Uh, if, if you're not generous, are you holding back guidance? Are you holding back encouragement? Are you holding back patience or, or are you holding back love? Are you being lavish in your love? Uh, are you separating yourself rather than denying yourself in order to have relationship with others? That's what the Lord did for us. That was a reflection of his generosity. Are there duties or promises or purposes from God that you are giving part of yourself to, but not all of yourself? How can you better reflect the generosity of your generous God? So what's next? Well, read Matthew 1 and 2 and Luke 1 and 2. And consider reading the text aloud. Consider reading it in various translations. Make sure you read with a pen in your hand, making a list of the ways God displays his generosity in these passages of scripture. And then pray and ask God to reveal how you can better reflect his generous nature in in your life. And then while you're in God's word, let me know how you're doing. Email me, Michelle at Michelle Nizat.com uh, on Twitter or X or Instagram at Michelle Facebook is Michelle L Nizat is my public page, and we can talk about what you're learning there. Now, more than a song is a proud member of the NRT Podcast Network. Check out other podcasts in the network and Christian Music Resources at newrelease And then don't forget to grab your episode guide at Michelle Nizat.com forward slash four eight one download. That'll walk you through everything that we talked about today and guide you to interact with scripture yourself and with that in mind i want to thank any new subscribers who have subscribed lately like april from iowa uh Olin Rwaju from Nigeria, Dylan from Texas, and Alita from North Carolina, welcome. Now, don't forget, you can listen to the podcast directly on my website at michelleknizat.com or your podcast listening app of choice. And if you haven't left a review yet, do that today by heading over to lovethepodcast.com forward slash more than a song. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next time, I will be featuring Fear of God by Brooke Lidgetwood to dive into scripture. If you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, X, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 481. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.